0: the town of river heights crime never goes unnoticed this is nancy drew river heights true crime true crime hey everyone welcome back to a river heights radio minisode
1: true crimes
0: i'm carl hauser
1: and i'm hope busby hope's
0: gonna help us figure out what true crimes of the 1930s nancy drew books may have been referencing
1: we just read the password to Larkspur Lane. In it, there's a subplot that involves homing pigeons or carrier pigeons.
0: Now, homing pigeons have never been used for crime. Isn't that right?
1: No, actually they were popular in New York in the 1930s, popularly used by criminals, because they were harder to trace than other forms of communication might have been.
0: Whoa, what? Yeah. Now you were saying that in the 1930s they referred to homing pigeons as the dark web of the sky. Is that accurate?
1: (laughs) Sure, yes. So information about messenger pigeons to begin with. They have an innate ability to go home.
0: So do I every time I go out on a Friday night.
1: One theory for how they do this is magnetoreception like reading magnetic waves. In many ways we do not know for sure there are differing theories about how birds find their way but we do know they're very good at it. We also know that they can get very fast. In fact, one thing that is done with messenger pigeons even today is to race them. That's a thing? Yeah. Flights as long as 1,100 miles have been recorded in these races. The average flying speed over a moderate distance, which is considered 600 miles, is 60 miles per hour. They can get up to 100 miles per hour.
0: Now, what would you say is the velocity of an unladen swallow?
1: (laughs) I do not know. It's a I,
0: hot reference for you.
1: I do know they were useful during the wars for communication. And I also found out messenger pigeons were being used as early as 3000 BCE by ancient Egyptians. I
0: was wondering how recent this technology
1: was. Also in ancient Greece, they were part of the Olympics. They were part of the ceremony where they would fly in with information.
0: They used doves in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And you know doves are just pigeons with my privilege.
1: Yeah, they are a domesticated wild rock dove. How so do you
0: tell them where to go? In the Password at Larkspur Lane, criminal syndicate uses homing pigeons to send codes to each other.
1: Yeah, and they go back and forth between two different hideouts.
0: And in fact, at one point, the owner of the pigeon says to the pigeon, Why did you go to the Drew's house instead of going to the other hideout? Which doesn't make any sense. Because he (laughs) threw the bird from a plane at their house. But anyway.
1: Injured it in the process. And you never do find out what that was all about or how that even happened.
0: I don't know. He's not good with birds.
1: Well, with homing pigeons, they are best at going home. The way you train a homing pigeon is you keep bringing it further away from home and then letting it go home. Okay, Just so incrementally until it can go very far and come back home.
0: Homing pigeons are best at bringing messages home. Yeah, so if I had a bunch of friends, instead of giving them my phone number, I could give them all one of my homing pigeons. And when they want to send me a message, they send my own homing pigeon back to me,
1: basically. Yeah, and
0: then when I want to send them a message, I have one of their pigeons and I send it back to them. Yeah, and then at some point, we got to get our coats on, pull up our pants drive our butts to each other's places and drop those pigeons off again for later communication. Exactly. That's efficient.
1: In some cases, you can train homing pigeons to go between two locations. It's a little more difficult to train them in that way and involves placing food at one location and their home at another location. So that they go back and forth daily. So basically they have two homes. One that they associate with being home. And the other one that they associate with this is where I eat. In Much the same way that I go between my home and Taco Bell.
0: You know what's really embarrassing?
1: What's really embarrassing, Carl? When
0: you're at a bar and you you, you sidle up to a girl and you're like, Hey, can I get your homing pigeon? And she gives you a fake pigeon.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: It's, you get home and you're like, this pigeon doesn't even have enough digits. On its, on its tag. tag. Yes. <laughs> Criminals. Gangsters Mm. in 1930s America Mm. were sending pigeons to each other because the NSA couldn't touch that, right?
1: This novel was written in the 1930s. It also was the basis for the first Nancy Drew movie. Nancy Nancy Drew Drew Detective. detective. I think it is very unlikely that this author would not have been familiar with a few crimes in New York City that involved homing pigeons.
0: Would you say that readers at the time might have even understood the undertones of finding a homing pigeon?
1: Yes, I do think they would have understood that. remember my dad talking about like for a while he raised homing pigeons
0: i mean because if i hear homing pigeon i think ancient greece my first thought (laughs) is ancient greece my first
1: thought is what if i were worshiping apollo right now in ancient greece
0: Mm -hmm. but maybe the readers would be like oh homing pigeon that's criminal-ish that's maybe that could be that could be sus they wouldn't have said sus because they weren't cool enough to have video games
1: i don't think that would have been the automatic assumption but i don't think it would have surprised them Mm. as much like oh it's not registered, that's a problem. Like, that must be a criminal pigeon. Are
0: there laws on this? A criminal pigeon? I love it. (laughs) Criminal pigeon.
1: Another thing that leads me to believe that Password to Larkspur Lane might have been partially inspired by these cases is these cases involved the New York Air Service, uh, established in the 1930s. Of course, there's a lot of airplanes in that book between those two things, it seems like a pretty good parallel. Now, of course, in Larkspur, Nancy Drew, in a car chase with an incompetent accomplice, Effie, somehow manages to follow this pigeon back to its home, even though we have previously heard that Carson Drew thinks that's basically a wild goose chase. Well, it is pretty pretty unusual that she's able to follow that pigeon back home i think the premise is that because the pigeon is injured it cannot fly as fast or as high and that's how she's even able to do it pigeons would have flown so high and so fast average of 60 miles per hour that one in their automobile on the street would not have been able to follow that pigeon back to its home so i think we're combining nancy's superheroism and her luck With the fact that this bird is injured and somehow that makes it a believable story. So in these real crimes, they did not chase these pigeons in a car. They flew. The New York Air Services had a pilot named Otto Kafka, which is a pretty cool name. He would fly around with a police officer. To get down to the details of this case, on November 19th of the year 1930, Michael H. Cushing went Mm -hmm. missing. He was a 32-year-old bachelor. He'd been at Steven's restaurant with his buddies into the night. That was the last anyone saw him. Somebody said they saw him on the trolley steps and nobody saw him after. What do you have for dinner? (laughs) I do not know. I'm just
0: trying to do the true crime thing. The
1: bachelor having fun. He worked at the railroad, you know, just an average Joe, average Michael. Parents put an advertisement out that any information they would give you $1,000 for. They got contacted and extorted and told, hey, via two different carrier pigeons, attach $500 onto each pigeon's foot (laughs) and send it to me. And then I'll, you know, give you your son back oh okay so they right away contact the police the police call up the plane guy the guy gets into his plane it's a little sea plane mm-hmm. and he's up in the sky they release this white pigeon the white pigeon starts flying it's going okay at first he's following this pigeon the pigeon finds a flock of pigeons and decides to be buddies with them join them and now he's indistinguishable from any of the other white pigeons who all fly off together
0: even with 500 dollars chapters like
1: well i mean it would have been in the little capsule that you would put things in so that they wouldn't fall out so there goes that 500 bucks and that lead and presumably the criminals might have gotten that money so they try again this time it goes even better they're able to follow him a really long time but then he flies over a cemetery and it becomes impossible to see the white pigeon in contrast to the tombstones that he's flying over oh no yeah so they can't find him They
0: tie a red tag to his leg
1: they see a car with five men and they surmise that it might have something to do with the cave but by the time they land the plane and approach that car, that car has exited, whether that was the criminals or not. They're going to excavate this area that had just been concreted over, and they're going to try to find out if, instead of getting onto the trolley, he had accidentally slipped and fell, oh, and ended up in this pit. But before they can excavate that, he turns up dead, floating oh, in geez. the East River. Presumably because the criminals didn't get their money, or something went wrong, or just because that's usually how kidnapping cases end up.
0: I wonder, or they were never involved with
1: the guy at all. The extortionist? Yeah. yeah maybe. If or, I had homing pigeons,
0: mm. uh, you know, I wanted $1,000. I'd be like, uh...
1: Whatever the case, it's a very sad ending where this 32-year-old is dead and identified by his co-workers as being himself, and it's a very sad ending. A year later, on August 20th of 1931, there is a 16-year-old who goes missing, Edgar Halzetto Jr., He's reported missing by his parents. Father was a former Queen's Municipal Court Justice. Ah. So he's pretty wealthy and pretty connected. So right away they're looking for his son. He gets a letter from somebody calling themselves Mr. Riley and saying the same thing. Send me money via a carrier pigeon. Mm -hmm. So the same pilot gets called upon to follow this pigeon again. And this time, what do they do?
0: Tie a red flag to it?
1: They spray paint this pigeon orange.
0: Has to be a better way to do that
1: spray paint him orange there's a picture you can find it online oh my god
0: we'll put
1: it, that on our instagram yes they follow this pigeon and they managed to arrest george marthens who was an unemployed painter which oh ho ho that was ironic because they painted the pigeon to find the painter <clears throat> 1930s humor for you <laughs> He is sentenced to five years in jail for extortion. However, the son does show up and was never kidnapped. Hey! That's what I'm saying. This guy just wanted money.
0: Right. And had a homing pigeon.
1: Yeah. The son came back from a quote-unquote hitchhiking trip that he had neglected to tell his parents he would be going on. He says that he came back because he saw the newspaper article and realized they were worried about him, but couldn't afford a telegraph, but also somehow he was able to afford a bus ticket back home, where he showed up and was like, yeah, I'm fine. I think he was just a little punk. (laughs) a little rich kid, right? So those are two true cases that no doubt were at least partial inspiration for this whole subplot of like criminal homing pigeons and trying to chase them to solve a case and it is very difficult and usually would require a plane and a can of orange spray paint but of course nancy drew gets it done by letting somebody release her pigeon before it's fully healed
0: someone just needs to tell the 1930s new york police office have you tried bullying a child Because that's what Nancy does, and it works. Yeah.
1: Just a short little story, but I definitely think it would have had to been something the author was aware of.
0: Let us know, listener, if you enjoy the idea of Nancy Drew true crime, because this gets me interested in what other crimes can we find similar to the
1: ones we read about
0: Nancy Drew. I bet there's a few.
1: Like, if you ever watch Law & Order, those are obviously based off of real Nancy cases. Nancy
0: Drew. Oh, real cases.
1: Gotcha. And that's always fun to me to sit and watch and be like oh i am familiar with that case
0: maybe it's something we'll be doing true crime (laughs) thanks for tuning into another river heights radio minisode i'm carl and i'm hope until next time go Go Wildcats. wildcats